Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today's episode, I'm going to be chatting with Diesel Core. They have a really cool business that's set up to buy and sell cores. And I know from chatting with a lot of you guys out there that work on your trucks, you've got old cores sitting around in the garage or just taking up space. And also with the shop owners that we talk to, you know, they might be looking for cores or companies looking for cores. So I thought it'd be a great episode to be able to do chat with them, learn more about their business and ways that you can sell your cores and make money. So they're just not you know, sitting there anymore. So we're going to go through uh, where they're located, how you sell cores, what they look for, like what's a good core, what's a bad core. It's going to be a really interesting conversation. Before we get to it though, want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Kershaw Knives. They have a discount code right now. If you go to kershaw.kiausa.com and use code diesel20, you get 20% off site-wide. I know it's been really popular with you guys. Uh, I've been hearing about different products you guys have, have gotten, whether it's for like EDC or fishing, hunting, you know, around the house or at work. They've got basically anything for any budget. So, you know, whatever style knife that you like, however you might be uh, you know, wanting to use it or need to use it, they've got options for you. So make sure you take advantage of that. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Diesel Core and learning more about ways that we can make money selling our cores or if we need to buy them for our business, the inventory they have and the way that they can get those out to you. Justin, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm excited to have you on today. Learn more about Diesel Core cores in general. And um, you know, when we first started chatting, I was really fascinated by what you guys do and how you do it, which has been so different than what I've experienced in my time in the automotive or diesel industry. So it's going to be a great chat. Look forward to it. Yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate uh, pr- appreciate you having me on board, Patrick, and looking forward to the discussion for sure. There, there's so many different uh, different topics we can cover, but I wanted to start really at the core, which is diesel core, and how how that came about. Um, you know how, how you guys started, what what the mission is, of what you guys are doing in the automotive market. Sure. So I actually, uh, I, I uh, for the first part of my career, I was in the automotive dealership world, um, and uh, probably a, a common theme throughout uh, throughout a lot of the industry. People get started whether it's in the the back of the dealerships, in the uh, you know in the technical side, uh, or or on the front end, um, you know from a sales and operations standpoint. But uh, spent 15 years in automotive dealerships, and in 2010, I was kind of in an odd position. I'd lost a job, never really been in that spot before, and. Um, I'd, I'd always just bought and sold uh, vehicles and uh, started, uh, you know, I bought a, a Ram pickup truck, had, you know, it was 2,500, had a Cummins turbo diesel in it and the engine was bad. And so it needed to be replaced. I bought it knowing that. And um, whenever I went to go pick up the engine from the salvage yard where I sourced it, they asked me where my core was. And I was like, well, that's, that's odd. Why would there be a core on a used diesel engine and they said, well, there's still parts that are valuable on this thing. And I thought to myself, to who? That's weird, right? And so um, 
anyway, long story short, I decided not to return the core and uh, I decided instead to part the core out. I actually took the part, took the engine apart myself, the, the core engine and uh, sold all the pieces and parts. And uh, so, so diesel core actually got started in, in my garage back in 2010 and uh, uh, you know, just, just started dismantling engines here and there and selling off pieces and parts. And I quickly realized that there were uh, there was a pretty significant demand for for some of the parts, uh, especially the components that are remanufactured on a regular basis, like turbochargers, cylinder heads, uh, you know, uh, uh, injectors, fuel pumps, ECMs, that type of thing. It's really interesting you mentioned that because a lot of times I'll either be chatting with somebody or I'll be reading. And they'll say, hey, I just bought this transmission. It's new. Why do I need a core? Or I just bought this engine. It's new. Why do I need a core? And <clears throat> I realized that there can be a lot of confusion with that. So I wanted to kind of focus in on that for a second is you guys are dealing with tons of different cores. But why is it that they're necessary or why is there a market for them, um, not just with engines, but other components as well? Why, you know, why do places have core charges or, or want you to, to return the, the one that's on your truck? So uh, in, in normal manufacturing, if you go out and buy a brand new turbocharger, they're using uh, you know, brand new aluminum, brand new steel or cast iron for the housing, you know, brand new ink and L for that turbine, uh, for the turbine wheel and the turbocharger and a brand new actuator. Um, but more often than not, uh, especially on the diesel side of, of the automotive and, and commercial truck market, uh, more and more components are getting remanufactured. And so it's a great way, uh, one, you know, it's pretty environmentally friendly, but also it's, it's a great way to work out some of the kinks. I think a lot of us have experienced before we've bought a brand new component. Maybe it didn't last quite as long as we wanted to, but then we went out and bought a remanufactured component. Sometimes the remanufactured components actually lost, last longer than the new ones. And the reason is, is that when a part goes, goes to a company to get remanufactured, not only are they replacing the worn out seals and, and, and items, uh, seals and bearings and things, but they're actually going in and sometimes repairing uh, some of the issues that were that were uh, uh, you know that were there on on the brand new manufactured products. So the only way to have a remanufactured product is to start with the old product. So they're not starting with a brand new sheet of aluminum. They're starting with an old turbocharger or uh, you know, a set of used injectors or an old transmission, and those old parts are called cores. So the reason that these, that, you know, the companies that we're all familiar with, uh, and, and I see some of your sponsors back there, you know, BD and Fleece and those guys, the reason they charge those, those core charges is to make sure that they actually bring back these old components so they can go back into the supply chain to be remanufactured again. I imagine it also plays a huge role in, low, in lowering the cost for the consumer versus, you know, take one of the companies having to cast a transmission case or, you know, cast the, the block for a Cummins engine or something like that. Financially, you know, it, it definitely makes more sense. It does. Generally speaking, uh, you know, you're, you're going to run somewhere between 60 or 70 percent of the cost of a brand new component. So if you're if you're going to go out there and you're going to buy a brand new turbocharger, it's going to run you whatever a thousand bucks. You should be able to find that remanufactured turbo uh, for about sixty to seventy percent of the cost of a brand new one. Now, if you could take us from how you started it, um, you know, starting it in your garage, you know, in 2010 to 
what you've grown it towards you know now and i haven't visited your operation but i know in, in chatting with you guys seeing the website seeing what you guys do it's grown substantially so how did the process of growth happen for diesel core so it did yeah we we uh, uh we we did we, we were able to grow up pretty quickly which was a lot of fun um so we we've we've had a total of about uh 10 expansions in the last 12 years um and a lot of it has to do with uh with fantastic people um and so you know early on i was doing everything myself uh and that's a lot of you know a, a lot of entrepreneurs get started the same way you know you end up kind of doing everything you're doing all the the purchasing, the sales, the receivables, the payables, the shipping, the receiving, right? You do everything and slowly you start to uh, bring in more people. Um, one of the things that we set our sights on early on was that we wanted to uh, work with remanufacturing companies across the country. Um, and, and then we, we also decided that we wanted to become a global company. Um, and so we, we have achieved those things and we really have worked very hard at making sure that uh, we're able to provide our customers with large quantities of core. We normally focus on uh, on you know supplying large quantities to our larger uh, clients who are in the remanufacturing business. But we also uh, decided early on that we wanted to be able to uh, to, to service some of the the markets where we've got uh, you know small repair shops where they might only need one uh, one piece, one turbo, one engine, two engines, a set of injectors, that type of thing. Because a lot of times they need cores to turn back in. And so over time, we kind of established this, this great customer base of not only some of the larger customers, but uh, some, of the, uh, some of the repair shops as well. Um, and uh, it's, it's just been fantastic. We really focus a lot on making sure that people get um, you know, the products that they need. Uh, when it comes to core, quality is, is a, big, a big hiccup. You can get just an absolute piece of junk or you can get a really a great piece of core that's, that's primed to be remanufactured. That leads to my next question is, you know, working with, say, the individual repair shop and then also huge companies that need a lot of a lot of cores. How do you guys process or educate them on, hey, this is a good core. It's worth putting it on a pallet, shipping it back to us first. <clears throat> it's not going to be worth, you know, really anything. So how do you how do you educate them on that? Sure. Um, so on, on our website, which is where we do quite a bit of buying. Um, you know, we, we do have some core criteria on the website. Um, every piece of core that we have accepted into our facility has gone through some sort of an inspection criteria. Um, so the same way that we do at our homes, whenever we get that box from Amazon, the first thing we do is open it up and check it out and make sure that, uh, you know, that, that whatever we bought is what we expected and that it's in good shape. We do the exact same thing with every piece of core that we buy. Um, so every piece gets, uh, gets brought into our facility, whether it's on a pallet or whether it's in a box, we open it up, we check it out. Um, you know, every injector has its own core criteria, every turbocharger, we're, you know, we're doing many different visual inspections. Uh, and so on our website, we do have that, you know, we, we do have that, that, that core criteria to help kind of uh, determine whether something is going to be worth sending back or not. Um, and then also we have several purchasers that are available via text message, you can send uh, you know, pictures too. We get tons of pictures throughout the day and, and it becomes pretty easy to, to, to tell somebody right off the bat, Hey, look, that thing looks like a piece of junk. Go ahead and scrap it. Or, you know what, that one looks like it's going to be in great condition. Let's go ahead and get it sent into us. And we can, we can make sure that, uh, that, that it is good. And I know from being around the industry for a, w a while, not, 
not not the longest. There's definitely there's some old timers out there, which I, I'm not quite there yet, but fastly approaching. Is cores have always had a, a really key value to so many different parts of of the diesel industry to be able to keep. Um, you know, transmissions is a major one that I think of needing the cases and parts of the converter and, um, you know, the valve body, things like that. Also engines is, you know, being able to service, I guess, so many different types of companies and also individuals in today's climate where it's, there might not be cores, you know, the OEMs might be struggling to, to get parts. I imagine that has opened up a lot of doors for you guys to be able to say, um, you know, Hey, if you need this core, we have it, or you got a bunch of these sitting in the warehouse. Um, you know, they're just taking up space. You know, we need these things. And, and so I wanted to ask you about, you know, in 2022, you know, what is, what is the core market like right now? So it, it's, it's definitely been a challenge. Um, you know, in, in, in our business, the saying is, is you always need what you don't have and you always have what you don't need. Um, and so it's, uh, <laughs> um, no, it, it can certainly be a challenge, but I will say that 2021 and 2022, with all the supply chain difficulties that all of us are experiencing right now, um, ha has certainly created some opportunities on, on, on the core market. Um, you, you know, we, we have uh, some of our great clients and customers that are contacting us and they're asking us for things that historically they've never really, they've never really talked about before. Um, you know, when, when most people think of a core, like you mentioned earlier, you're thinking of a a transmission or, you know, a turbocharger, an engine, a cylinder head, something like that. Um, but, but lately over the last 12 to 18 months, we've actually seen uh, smaller components that are not, you know, either electronic in nature or, or mechanical in nature. Um, and so we've sold a lot of strange things like brackets and um, uh, even, even nuts and bolts, you know, things that, that you would expect would kind of be that throwaway scrap part. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden have, have become, uh, in, in demand. And a lot of it is based upon the fact that, that, you know, these manufacturing and remanufacturing companies are used to getting a certain supply chain coming in from whatever part of the world, or hopefully in, you know, in, in inside the U S or at least in North America. Uh, and, and those supply chains are being interrupted. And so, you know, we, we've gotten calls on, you know, the, the other day we, we, we had, a, we had somebody call us and ask us for a couple hundred high pressure oil pump covers, uh, and apparently those are, you know, all of a sudden those are in uh, uh, slim, you know, slim supply and, and, and high demand. Um, and it's just the odd things that normally you would kind of throw in the scrap bin that, that can be worth something. Yeah, I imagine, I imagine it's definitely a challenge. And also with, you know, what I've seen on the with truck owners or, or people who are new to diesels, and they find the podcast and they message in and they want our opinion on what's the best truck to buy. And they tend to be looking towards older ones. Well, you know, the stress that's put on the big three, they might discontinue a transmission mount bracket or something that was so common for 15 or 20 years. And you struggle with where do I find this part? And that's what was so cool about going on your guys' website. And, and, um, I really want to focus on that for a little bit is you sure. guys have an awesome website. I've never seen it anything like that built for cores. Walk us through, you know, how that accommodates either a company looking for a one core or a hundred or a truck owner out there that maybe he's built three or four trucks and he's got some stuff in his barn or garage and he's clear out space. How you guys address both sides, you know, the buyers and the sellers that are out there looking for cores. 
So the, the site is really set up to be more of, of, of a buying site. So, you know, people that, people that log onto the website, they generally want to sell us a piece of core and we'll take, you know, any quantity. It can be uh, one piece, it can be a hundred pieces, but generally speaking, uh, you, you know, the, the, the site is set up to buy. And so if you think of it kind of as a, uh, a, a reverse shopping cart. So most people, whenever they want to buy something, they're going to go in. Uh, to wherever their favorite uh, uh, parts, you know, part spot is, they're gonna they're gonna put one or two parts in their shopping cart, and they're gonna check out, and those parts are gonna be shipped to them. And so, in our situation, we wanted to create the same experience. We wanted to be very super easy, uh, but we wanted to be able to uh, uh, to have people sell us things instead. And so, you can go onto the site, you can sell us uh, one injector or a set of injectors or turbos or many turbochargers. Um, you know, and, and really we wanted it to be able to kind of be a seamless transition. And so um, once you get onto the website, you're able to enter in the information and uh, your information, you're able to pick which parts you want to sell us. Uh, and then from there, a lot of automation happens, which is kind of cool. Uh, we, we give you a, a packing slip that'll help us identify exactly who the shipment is coming from. Um, we actually were able to track the shipments live. So once you, once you type in your details, we're able to see that shipment go live uh, and we're able to track it on its way in. Um, and, and then we're able to, to, to actually process those and get them paid uh, one, once they're in, you know, once they're in our system. So it, it's, it's really early on, we decided that we wanted to take the guesswork out of people trying to figure out what to do with these box of cores. I mean, I, I, I was in the same boat early on before we came up with the idea of the website. I had all these cores and I didn't know what to do with them. Um, and so, you know, quickly realized that there was demand, but, um, you know, initially the thought was, is how, how do we get more core in the door? Yeah. And I, when you were mentioning that, I was just thinking of you know, some people I know who have say, you know, built a truck or it's gone through different, uh, different setups and they have, you know, two transmission cases sitting there, a turbocharger, and they don't know what to do with it. So if somebody like that could go onto your site and say, Hey, I've got a, 68 RFE core, 48 or an Allison or a Ford 6R140 and actually process, like you mentioned, like the reverse shopping cart and be able to set all that up for them to be able to make money on something that's just sitting there. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I mean, one man's junk is another man's treasure. And so, you know, you've got you've got dollars sitting on the ground and, you know, in, in the shop, um, you know, whether it's a, a larger repair shop that has multiple units or maybe it's uh, you know, you and I working in our garage on the weekends and we just, you know, we wanted to put a transmission in the truck, you know, we've got that, that core sitting there. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a great way to, to, to kind of raise some cash pretty quickly. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, cores range in price anywhere from just a few dollars a piece. And then there's some cores where they're worth quite a bit. I mean, you, we've got, we've got material that we buy for 1500, 2000, even $2,500 on some of the heavier duty engines. So, yeah, I mean, some of the core can be worth quite a bit of money. Now, when it comes to the the different brands, you know, or you know, I think of you know, Cummins pickup truck or a Duramax or Allison. But what what year ranges you know do you guys focus on? And then you've also mentioned heavy duty as well. So, and, and I know a lot of shops out there they work on a ton of different things. Or there's listeners we have that you know have heavy duty equipment, and they also have two or three pickup trucks, and and they might be sitting there looking you know in their garage or in their shop and think, I got a bunch of you know, different, uh, different cores here. I wonder which ones they need. So what, uh, you know, what kind of spectrum do you guys cover with, with cores? So pretty much any diesel pickup truck dating all the way back to, 
probably the late 80s or early 90s, uh, which is kind of around the, you know, the first diesel stuff that we were seeing with with some of the early GM 6.2 and some of the early 5.9 Cummins, you know, you know, 89. Um, you know, we, we have some material needs that fit all the way back to that. Really, the sweet spot is what you generally see driving around on the, you know, on, on the roads, which is going to be your your mid 2000s and 2010s. Um, we'd buy a ton of material for six liters and, and five nines and six, seven Cummins. Um, you know, we, we end up purchasing a lot of six, four material. Uh, we're always buying six, four engines and, and, and engine components. And so, yeah, I mean, it really kind of spans, you know, pretty much any pickup truck you're going to see out there is something we're going to be interested in, uh, on, on the commercial side or the heavy duty side, you know, really it, it, some of that material is the same, you know, you, you've got some, uh, school buses and, and, and kind of medium duty vehicles that have a lot of the same material that we're used to. Uh, they have six O's in them. Um, you know, a lot of them have Cummins six sevens in them. And then it goes all the way up from there. I mean, we, we buy Cummins ISX, which is a, you know, monster 15 liter engine and, um, you know, kind of, kind of everything in between. We buy a lot of cat material, which I know we don't see cat too much on the road anymore since they stopped producing over the road engines, but uh, we're still doing a ton of cat material. So yeah, it really spans the gamut from all the way, the older eighties pickup trucks, uh, all the way up to, to anything current. Is there anything that doesn't make a good core? I was just thinking that like, would it be <laughs> like, is there something, There's... something that doesn't work? <laughs> yeah, there's, there, there's always, there's always something that doesn't work. Right. And so um, generally kind of a, the, a good rule of thumb is, is if you were using your injectors for like, you know, barbecue starters and you've got melted injectors right under the hood or something, that's not something that we would want. If you've got a turbocharger that, you know, the, the compressor housing is all melted and things probably not something we would want. There's certain, certain exceptions to that. Um, you know, for, for the most part, fire, fire activities are, are, are not, not good when it comes to core. There are some exceptions, especially on the engine side. Um, but, uh, the other thing is, is, is any major rust. Um, so if, if you've had some injectors and they were sitting in a bucket of water, it's probably not something we're going to want. Cause not only is the outside rusted, the inside is rusted too. And in most common rail injectors, there's between 60 and hundred parts inside those injectors. So you know, if that stuff gets rusty inside, we're going to have a really hard time, uh, you know, getting it back to a remanufacturer and having it remanufactured again. Um, so yeah, those are, those are some, some good rules of thumb, uh, on some material, we actually do get kind of picky when it comes to electronics. If there's broken connectors, um, for the most part, it's not a full, uh, a full deduction. It might be just a slight deduction on something like that. So we're not going to say no, but we just may not be able to pay as much for it. Gotcha. I was going to ask you about that next is it's kind of the partial side of it. So say, you know, you have a turbocharger, maybe the compressor housing isn't good, but the turbine housing is, or, um, you know, part of the converter, you know, it's the input shaft broke, you know, the converter, uh, the impeller and different things aren't good, but the cases. So there is a partial credit that, that people could get, um, you know, provided they explain it to you guys, show you guys pictures, you know, kind of have that understanding up front. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com.
Yeah, and on, on our website, we do have some, some information about what, you know, what is good versus what's not good on some of the small parts. When it comes to some of the bigger stuff like engines or transmissions, it's always best just to pick up the phone or, or uh, you know, shoot us a message on Facebook or, or text one of our buyers and, you know, shoot, shoot them a picture. Hey, this thing's cracked. You know, we've got, a, we've got an ear broken on this transmission. Is it still worth something or not? Gotcha. One of the other things I just thought of too, and, and this would probably will definitely more apply to like the individual person more so than the companies who are used to freight is how does the freight side work? Like say I'm just a guy, I've got a couple cores at my house. I would kind of get stuck with how do I get this, you know, 300 pound transmission onto something? How do I transport it? So do you guys help with that or direct people to say, Hey, this is a local freight company or a national freight company that can handle, you know, picking it up and getting it to us. So generally speaking, if it's a box, you know, most of our, most of our suppliers, whenever, whenever they just have a box of piece, you know, a box of injectors or a turbocharger or something, they're just going to drop it off at our standard USPS or FedEx or UPS or something like that. Uh, and th those are, th those are kind of the simple scenarios. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, when, whenever it comes to putting freight on a pallet, it can always be a little bit more of a challenge. And so um, we do, we, we, we actually help out with freight. We, uh, we freight material all over the world and all over the country for sure. And so we're really used to it. We've got great relationships with uh, LTL carriers, which is less than truckload, which is normally like one pallet or two pallets. Um, and so we, we, uh, we can certainly help out on, on the freight side. A lot of our, a lot of our suppliers, when it comes to freight, will help them out. If there's enough material, if it's, you know, say there's, three or four transmissions and then there's you know multiple parts or components i know a lot of us have shops and they might have you know it's like oh gosh i want to clean off the shelves and you know get some get some money going for the holidays um you know if, if you put it in a in, in a a box like a giant cardboard box we call them gaylord containers uh, or a big wooden crate if you want to build a wooden crate we'll actually help get that you know get that wooden crate picked up and shipped the most important thing i would say is that it's got to be on some sort of a pallet so we have to have the ability to actually get it up, you know, get it going with a forklift or a pallet jack. Um, and then we'll also need to know that, you know, if you have forklift access or if we're going to have to send out a truck with a lift gate. But, um, you know, if, if, there, if, if you're in a, a, a part of the world or a part of the country where you've got a freight dock that's close to you, a lot of times we can help set up a, a meeting where you can actually just drop it off at the freight dock, you know, the, excuse me, the, uh, the, the freight dock you know, get it in the back of your pickup truck, drive it over there, and then they're going to hoist it out and we'll get all the documents to you. So you guys make it easy. <laughs> Very. Yeah. We, you know, we, we want your core. So yeah, we're trying to make it easy to get it to us. <laughs> what you had mentioned earlier in the podcast and then had mentioned it again, as far as being a worldwide company and done a couple episodes with listeners in Europe or you know, Australia. And I was thinking of them when you mentioned that, because they get these trucks and they're, they're, they're not as common as here in the U.S. or in Canada, and they're looking for a spare transmission or a turbo or something like that. So, you know, somebody from another continent, if they need something, you guys can also assist with, with that if they want to buy really whatever it might be from a late 80s, early 90s truck to, you know, something newer, you guys can facilitate that. Yeah, I mean, it, it does become more challenging whenever it's whenever it's uh, uh, overseas, um, especially if it's a product that's not made in the U.S. If it was a, a European only or say it was South American only or something, there are certain trucks that were built over there and that were uh, that, that stayed over there. And so that does become more challenging. Um, but more often than not, we can certainly help out. We have a great partner 
uh, uh, we have great partnerships overseas with you know numerous different countries, and so we we know some some wonderful core suppliers over in uh, over in in Europe, and then we also have great relationships down in Central and South America as well. I know they'll definitely like to like to hear that. One of the gentlemen I spoke with, he um, you know gets these Ram trucks and he'll you know he'll fix them, and it can be kind of tough to find certain parts and you know in France or you know different areas like that. So it, uh, it you know it's something that uh, I think provides them access to you know some of the core for you know our domestic you know built trucks that they own you know overseas to to keep them running. Um, you know we we, we also. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Patrick. I was just going to say we also ship overseas. And so there have been numerous times where we've had instances just like that. We have a great customer in Australia and he asked us to ship ship things to him. And so uh, very similar scenario. He's, he's building trucks over there, uh, putting cars together, you know, race cars and things. And from time to time, he'll need, you know, LS motors or something on the gasoline side. But then we've also shipped him plenty of diesel parts as well. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking as far as I guess with the supply chain, everything's probably hot right now, but you know, this, this episode, people are going to hear it, you know, really shortly after we record this, are there certain things that, you know, right now are really hot right now where, you know, someone's listening, they look in their garage, they've got something, you know, you guys really need, they should reach out because you've got companies looking for it and they can, you know, act on it quickly. Or is it pretty much just anything to do with any truck from the late eighties, you know, early nineties till now? No, I mean, th there are certain things that we're always looking for. So, I mean, a few a few hot items right now, um, you know, all of us have probably at some point in time have either driven or knew somebody that had a 98 to 02 Dodge Cummins pickup, you know, with, with, a, with a, a, a 5.9 in it with a VP44 pump. And so we're always looking for those VP44 pump cores. Um, I, I know some of us hate them, some of us love them. Um, but, uh, but those, the, those pump cores are always cores that we're looking for. Um, and, uh, another good one is 6.4. There's a lot of 6.4 material that we're looking for right now. We are looking for complete 6.4 engines, uh, 6.4 power stroke, obviously. And then, uh, and then even the, the, uh, the turbocharger set. So those are always hot. Um, anything 5.9 common rail related, whether it's, uh, the engine itself, the turbos, both the HE351s and, and the HE341s we're looking for, um, uh, 6.7 Cummins. I mean, really, it, it, there, there is quite a bit that we're looking for, but some of those cores can be, you know, can, can get to be where they're worth quite a bit of money. I think right now on, on HE3, uh, 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 351 VEs, uh, which is the, obviously the, the electronic variable geometry turbo that goes on the 6.7, I want to say that's a three hundred and fifty or four hundred dollar core right now that we're buying. So it's quite a bit of money. One of the things that amazes me is, you know, I think of <clears throat> six fours and they have you know a three year run, so it seems very short. But I have no concept of how many pickup trucks Ford could build to where, you know, twelve years later there's this hot market for cores and and you know even you know, performance episodes I've done or. Uh, a truck owner reaches out to me and it's just, it amazes me just how many of these trucks can be built in a three year span where over a decade later, there's still a hot market for engine parts, turbos, you know, things like that. Yeah. So, so it, sometimes we get lucky enough to see the, 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 what we call the VIO data. So the VINs in operation. And so uh, at, at one point, I think I saw that, that 6.4 power stroke trucks, um, you know, so obviously, like you said, the 08 to 10, 
uh, I, I want to say there was about 700,000 of them that were that, that were produced for those for those few years. Um, and so surprisingly, there's still a lot of them out there. Yeah. Oh, and we think of the six, seven power stroke and the long run it has and, you know, the five, nine and six, seven. So it's going to be, you know, definitely be be out there, you know, for a while. Um, one of the things I thought of that, it, you know, it's related to your business, but I know a lot of the people who are listening, you know, to this are going to own shops and they're going to, um, you know, be building it and, um, you know, trying to grow it. And you had mentioned kind of the quick growth that you guys went through and, you know, from the time it started to where it is now, were there some things you learned that you would pass on to a shop owner? Maybe they would be a client of yours or are a client of yours. They're looking to grow, um, you know, similarly, you know, as far as you guys have to be able to building that team. I always like to ask these questions, um, you know, to you guys that start companies and, and build successful ones, because I know, you know, there's a young entrepreneur out there just started his shop six months ago or a year ago, and all the answers aren't out there. Um, you know, but I'm chatting with you guys, and, and I know that there's a lot of knowledge and experience that you have. So what would you tell somebody like that as far as putting together their team and, and being able to, to grow within, you know, their market in automotive? So a, a long time ago, my dad told me, he said, you know, hire, hire the experts, hire the very best people that you possibly can. And so it's something that I have taken to heart. And when I started the company, uh, you know, I went out and looked for the very best people that I could possibly find. And it wasn't always easy. You know, sometimes uh, it, it, it was difficult to afford those guys when I was first getting going. But um, you know, I really, I really wanted to make sure that, that I had the best people. And I still, to this day, I still hire the very best people that we can possibly find. Um, another one is, you know, trust your team. Uh, and so if, if you're working with one or two other guys, uh, you know, make sure that everybody has a very clear goal of what you want to do, sit down, make sure that you understand the market that you're trying to, uh, to, to, to get into, and then trust your people. Um, you know, it, it's, I'm a big fan of not, not micromanaging. Um, I'm not the guy that's going to sit there and watch the clock and all those things, you know, it, it's, um, again, if, if, if you hire in the right people, they're going to get the job done. Um, and so as long as you have those clear goals of, Hey, our goal is to be, uh, you know, the, the best at this out there, we're going to have a goal of, of having a, you know, a, a quick ship rate or, you know, whatever your goals are going to be, we want to make sure that we get, you know, a uh, uh, fix right the first time score on, on, you know, if you're repairing trucks or whatever it is, whatever your goals are, make sure that the whole team is bought into those goals because it makes such a huge difference. One of the and really, then, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say <laughs> one, one more thing, and this is an important one, is, is go out and, and network. If you're a business owner uh, or you have a partner, make sure that you go out and network with other people that are in your industry. So whether that's, you know, going to a trade show like a, a SEMA or, or an Apex, um, or, or whether it's going to, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the diesel shootouts or, you know, whatever it is, just make sure you get out and not only try to sell your product, but learn from other people. Um, you know, I, I constantly learn. It's one of my favorite things I do is I'll go out, uh, go to a different conference or, or go to a trade show or a convention. I always try to meet new people. I try to learn from them. I try to keep up with them. Um, and you know, I, as, as long as you kind of stay humble and realize that you don't know it all and you don't have all the answers, you know, go out and look for the experts and you don't always have to hire the experts. You just have to know the experts that you can pick up the phone and call, 
Um, make sure you have a great relationship with a, a bank. It can be a small community bank, but if your growth starts to take off and you need the ability to go and maybe you need a piece of, or a loan for a piece of equipment, you need to buy a new lift or you need to buy a new transmission stand or something, go out and, and make sure you have a great relationship with your local bank because they want to see you succeed. They've got money that they, that they want to lend out. It's incredibly important. And one of the really cool things about the automotive industry, if you work in it, and I'm sure you guys have fantastic relationships with dealers and companies, and they look towards you guys as well. And I always just think of the guy starting out and, and he doesn't have all the answers, but he's got the passion. He jumps in and I think it helps them you know, if, if they call you guys up or they're on your website um, or you guys reach out to them to know how invested you are in their success or maybe with a general question like like I just asked is, you know, how do you grow? How do you manage a team? And once you have that with, you know, a, a partner in an industry, it, it I've seen it last for a really, really long time. And, and that was what I wanted to really help some of those younger guys and, and gals out with is, um, you know, to to make sure that the companies that you're working with, you build that relationship with them. You get to know them. They want to see you want to see you succeed. You want them to succeed Have this great working relationship. And I, I think that's a really key part of it. And I can tell just by chatting with you, you have those kind of relationships with shops all over, not just the U S but I'm sure Canada all over the world. And, and I think that's what makes the industry stronger. Yeah, I agree with you, Patrick. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I, I, I still keep in contact with our very first customer that we ever had. Um, you know, I mean, we have a lot of customers that, that have, uh, especially larger companies that have either been bought or sold or what, you know, whatever they've, they've consolidated or gone through acquisitions or whatnot, but I still keep in touch with a lot of the people and the same with our suppliers. I mean, we have wonderful suppliers. I mean, I just, our supply base is fantastic, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure some of them are listening to the podcast, uh, that have already sold us material. And I mean, our, our, our gang of suppliers is just great. I mean, it, it, it really, it, it certainly makes the industry tick on our side, but you know, these, most of them are very understanding. They want, you know, they, they want to keep selling the material to us. Some of them are, are big time hustlers and they'll go out and, and really, um, you know, just because it's, it's material that, that they don't have, maybe they've got a friend who has a shop that does have it and they're going to go out and help us. There have been times where we've sent out email blasts or text message blasts saying, Hey, you know, we need 50 of these pieces quickly, or we had an emergency order that comes in and we'll send out kind of a text blast. Um, and, and it's great because, you know, we have people respond to those things and they'll actually uh, come up with the material quickly. And it, and it definitely helps us out. I think it's really cool that, you know, if I was an enthusiast, I'm building a truck, I need a core, I can go onto your website or call you guys, I can buy a core. If I've got 20 of them sitting in my shop, I need to clear out space. I can call you guys, or maybe I'm making something, maybe I'm remanufacturing something and I need five or 10 or a hundred of them. Just how diverse, you know, that is. So for someone that's, that's listening right now, they're like, Hey, I want to sell these. I want to buy these. How can they get in contact with you guys and be able to start that process or ask you guys questions about what they have or what they might need? Sure. So there's a few ways to get in touch with us. The, probably the first way and the easiest way is go ahead and jump on our website. Uh, it's very easy to find. It's dieselcore.com, just exactly like it sounds. Um, and on there, you're certainly going to find our contact information. Um, but, you know, a good, a good way is you, you can pick up the phone and give us a ring. 
Um, our phone number is 713-894-5302. So we can, we, we can certainly, you know, pick up the phone and, and contact us that way. Um, another, another great way is Facebook. We constantly have people on Facebook shooting messages to us. Um, and, uh, and then also email, you know, on, on our website, we've got a kind of a general inbox, a, an email box. Um, there is a spot for questions also where somebody can log in and, uh, and type up a question and send it over to us and somebody will, sp will, will respond to them pretty quickly. Um, and so, yeah, our, our, a good email address for us is going to be info at dieselcore.com. You can always reach us that way. And um, a, lot of the, a lot of the names that, that you're going to see respond to you um, are, are, and I, I even respond to questions still. I mean, you know, we've got, we've got a bunch of people that work for us and I still respond to questions when they come in. And so, you know, you're going to see the same names that are responding to you. And they, th these guys have been here for, uh, you know, seven, eight, 10 years. I mean, you know, one, we still have the first employee that we ever hired. He still works with us. And so, um, you know, these guys are a wealth of knowledge, ask them any question, even if it's something that, that, that doesn't, doesn't necessarily turn into business, we're still willing to answer the question, answer the questions. So, you know, just because we can't transact doesn't mean that we can't communicate. I know when we were planning, uh, you know, sit down and chat, I was really looking forward to this episode because it was so revolutionary to me, how you guys process and connect so many different parts of this that just, you know, being around this for 10 or 12 years, I've always seen almost like there's a disconnect between, um, you know, I'd walk into a shop and there's just a whole wall full of cores. You know, and the owner's like, I need to clear out the space. I want to move a machine in there. And, and, or it's an individual, you know, a friend of mine or something saying, Hey, I want to get a second set of, you know, LMM, LMM injectors or six, seven Cummins injectors. I don't know where to find them. And I think the way you guys have brought this all together is really cool. And, uh, you know, just in chatting with you, learning about how you guys operate and, and what you're able to do, I think it's something incredibly important, not just to manufacturing, but also, you know, for enthusiasts and, and the small, you know, the shop owner, the guy who just started it, that needs these things or, 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 you know, wants to free up space. So it's, uh, something that's really cool what you guys are doing in diesel. Well, thanks a lot, Patrick. I appreciate it. And we, uh, we have a lot of fun. I mean, you know, there's, there's, uh, everybody always says you got to have fun at work and I, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. So, you know, it's, uh, we, we do, we like to cut up and joke. We're constantly sending, sending, you know, jokes and memes around here. And so we do, we like to have a lot of fun while we're at it, but we're pretty excited about the industry. Um, you know, I'm very positive about, uh, about the whole remanufacturing sector and, and, uh, we, uh, we really think there's still a lot of room to grow and, and, uh, looking forward to, to what's going to happen in the next few years. We've got some great plans for growth. Well, I appreciate your time today, Justin, and uh, educating us and our audience. Let us know how we can sell cores or buy them, whether we want one or 50 or 100 or however many we might need for our business. It was great to chat with you. Yeah, thanks a lot, Patrick. I appreciate, appreciate you letting me come on the show, and uh, it's been a lot of fun for sure. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and head on over to Kershaw Knives. It's kershaw.kiausa.com. Use code DIESEL20. You get 20% off site-wide. It's a great way to save some money on something you may want for EDC, hunting, fishing, around the house, work. They've got a ton of choices no matter what your budget is. Um, I've got a few of them myself. I love them. And, uh, you know, they've definitely, you know, helped me with, um, you know, things if I'm at the lake or, you know, I'm outdoors or just opening boxes and stuff like that. Uh, they've been really awesome products. I want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters. We appreciate the support they've given us, allowing us to grow, um, invest in the podcast, get new things, get better audio, you know, video. Uh, they've really helped us grow. That's Texas Diesel Supply, Wrights Diesel Services, Caleb, Tyler Lowe and a 23 Diesel, 
all of our Patreon supporters, all you guys on Discord that uh, are showing me your builds, talking about ways to improve your truck, asking questions, our YouTube subscribers, all of you on Facebook, Instagram, and those that subscribe on podcast apps. You guys keep us going, keep us inspired. We're going to four episodes per week now to be able to cover all the things you guys have told me you want to hear about. So we're really excited to be able to do that and appreciate the support you've given us. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.